Once upon a time in a magical land of make-believe and mystery, there were two girls who dreamed that one day the stories they read in books would come to life. They often wondered what it would be like to see characters from those books live in their world and even interact with characters from other books. Those dreams have come true, and those girls are now grown, but their imaginations are still filled with the magic of childhood, and every week they like to take an adventure beyond Storybrooke. Welcome to Beyond Storybrooke. I'm Trina. And I'm Addie. And we're here to discuss episode 15 of Once Upon a Time called Enter the Dragon, which aired March 15th, 2015. Beyond Storybrook is brought to you by GoldenSpiralMedia.com. Addie, let's get right into it. There's a lot of stuff that happened this episode and we got a lot to talk about. So let's start with the recap. The undercover plan is in full swing and Regina confronts Maleficent telling her if she wants to come after her, here she is. But Maleficent tells her that Regina is not what she is after in the grand scheme of things. Regina tells her she wants in, but of course some trust needs to be established through a series of tests. After a game of chicken, a night of drinking, burning, and destruction... Regina slowly gains their trust, but the true test comes when Regina has to kidnap Pinocchio and take him to Rumpel's cabin, where she finds out that the powerful magic the Queens of Darkness are hiding is Rumpel himself. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Regina grows impatient as Snow continues to be happy. She hopes that Maleficent's spellbook will speed up the process of revenge, but Rumpel warns her that those who rush into things are never ready and zaps her into the wasteland where Maleficent's castle resides. Regina goes to Maleficent's castle to find her drunk, miserable, hopeless, and without power. With the news of Aurora's wedding, Regina hopes to ignite the fire that Maleficent needs to be back to her old self. The burning tree is the fire Maleficent needs to finally become a dragon. But it was not until King Stefan captured them where she had to put her power to the test. Regina burns through the ropes and fires away one of the guards. Just as she ran out of juice, Maleficent got it right and turned into a dragon, causing King Stefan and his men to retreat. Regina was able to bring Maleficent back to who she used to be, giving her hope that revenge is possible. They find Aurora where Maleficent puts a sleeping curse on her as this would be far worse than death itself. Rumpel finds Regina in the stables where he is shocked to learn that Regina brought Maleficent back. Inspired by Maleficent, Regina puts a sleeping curse on the one thing that Snow White loves most, her horse. In Storybrooke, the pieces are coming together for the villains. With Regina's help, they now have Pinocchio. Rumpel was able to trick Belle into giving up the Dark One's dagger by pretending to be Hook. As Hook, Rumpel told Belle that it is best to hide the dagger so that the Queens of Darkness do not try to go after it. Belle is hesitant as she has a feeling that Rumpel's in town. Rumpel advises her that if he is in town, then all she has to do is summon him. When she does, he of course doesn't appear because he is disguised as Hook right in front of her. Belle hands over the dagger not knowing that she is giving it to Rumpel. As Hook, Rumpel shows up at the shop to make a pirate's oath to never speak of this again to one another or to anyone else. Now that he has the dagger, he turns Pinocchio back into August, where they hope to torture information out of him regarding the whereabouts of the author. Thanks for that recap. That was a lot of great information. And I think this is where episode 14, it was lacking. And like you mentioned in the last episode, it was a buildup. And this is what it was built up to with all of this. Yeah, there's a ton of backstory and a lot of different little things happening in order for the villains to start their war, so to speak. Yeah. So first, let's give a couple shout outs. Yes, we want to give a shout out to Eliana, Chris, and the Facebook group. Thank you so much for giving us your feedback. And I really love that you two are sharing your feedback 
not just with us, but with the group, because I believe the group would just love to hear your guys' thoughts, your theories beyond the podcast and see it and interact in the Facebook group. And I just love that you, Chris, and Eliana, Justina, Faith, you guys are all bringing that to life in the group. I love that. I love to see the interactions. I think you, Trina, put some funny music rap videos (laughs) going on. Yeah. I just love that. I, I love that the interactions going there. So thank you so much. Super, super huge shout out to you three. Um, that is <laughs> Facebook being one. But um, as we go forward, we're going to incorporate, as we always do, your guys' feedback. So on the Facebook group, Chris gave his top five of this episode. And we're going to kind of follow that outline and incorporate Eliana's feedback into that as well. That sounds good. Yeah, a lot of a lot of what she's saying, he's saying, and a lot of what they're saying is what I'm agreeing with as well. Now, before we get into the rest of the show, I'd love to dive into my favorite part that I look forward to when it comes to getting everybody's feedback and then kind of listening to what Trina comes up with. So let's dive into the rating, how we all rated our show. Let's start with you, Trina. All right, I give it an 8.5 out of 10 rocking horses. I give it an 8 out of 10 charming softball teams. And Chris gives it 9.75 out of 10 pirate mascots. All we're missing is Eliana. You should throw out a rating every now and then. Yeah, that'd be, I'd be interested to see how Eliana rates it. Yeah. It just, again, it's one of my favorite things that I look forward to. It's All funny right. to see how everybody picks up certain phrases and words and incorporates it into yeah, the Yeah, because you so. have to pay attention. I think you can't just say, oh, uh, nine out of 10 Regina's. Like, that doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> right. that's, that's why I, I love to. Uh, listen or read what everybody rates it because it's very unique and it kind of the humor that comes out of people out of how they rate it. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it anyways. All right, let's dive right in. And the first thing I think we should talk about is the plot twist. Something Eliana brought up and this is Chris's number five and that is Rumple masquerading as Hook. Yeah, you know what? When I saw this happening, I was like, oh, you don't learn. You don't learn. You're here to win your happy ending and you're, oh, whoa, me, you know, I'm supposed to, uh, I think, who was it? Eliana, Justina, he did this to himself. No one should feel bad for him. And then here he is still manipulating the situation, getting his way so that he can get his dagger back, pretending to be a uh, hook, Killian, <laughs> and... It's a way to get his his dagger, but number two, to get some information like, hey, what's going on with you and William? I was like, oh, you jerk. <laughs> he, okay. I agree with everybody on Facebook. Even Faith mentioned, does anybody feel for Rumble at all? No. Everybody's kind of on the same page. He brought this on himself. He's not trying to be good. He's not trying to just love Belle and be. He has to have something more. He has to have the power. He has to have everything that's why I'm asking, you know, what is his happy ending? And it, we kind of get, well, I got the impression that he's kind of looking for a new alternative to what his happiness is going to be because he's he was fishing for what's going on with you and Will. Do we still have a chance? Maybe we don't. And I think it hurt him when she said, you know, it's just nice to be with somebody who's just them and nothing else. Like she didn't have to deal with the drama that comes with being with Rumple. The insecurities, the the not being able to trust him. And this is a perfect example. As it's happening, he's pretending to be somebody else. What do you expect, you jerk? You're you just don't learn your lesson. 
Little does she know, right? I hope she finds out. So the question is, is Belle really over Rumple? And you don't really get a straight answer saying no. You kind of have that little, I don't want to say it's a glimmer of hope because it didn't really give Rumple that kind of hope. She pretty much laid it out. I don't know if I could be over him, meaning maybe what he did to her. Can't get over that. I think right now, like she said, Will makes her smile. It's something new. It's different. I don't think she's over him. I mean, this is a, she's had true love for him for years and years and years. And yes, you know, the last thing he did kind of hurt her really bad, but that love doesn't die so quickly. You have to give it time. And if she wasn't, if she wasn't in love with him anymore, she wouldn't be in his shop. He wouldn't, she wouldn't feel concerned or worried about like, how do you think things are going with him? She kind of has that always in the back of her head. But hey, the lady has to live. And she's being, I don't know, swept off her feet by Will. You know, she deserves to be happy. And I think that's what she's realizing. Like, this is maybe how it should be. So after hearing all that, do you think at that point now, this is kind of a question and I'm sure everybody's going to be saying no. Mm -hmm. Do you think at this point, Rumpel will let go seeing how happy she could be without him? No, he doesn't give up a fight. He doesn't give up easily. This is a guy, hence his actions. He holds things, the, all the villains hold this grudge <laughs> for years and years. They don't let go. If they did let go, they wouldn't be on this current journey of we need to have our happy ending. Hey, they can have their happy ending right now, right now if they just let the past go, but they don't let the past go. That's why you have Maleficent wanting to go after Snow White. That's why you have Regina. You mean Regina going after Snow White. Oh, well, Maleficent too. I'm sorry. Yeah. I forgot about that. I'm thinking about the past. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. If they, if, if Rumpel was a guy to let go of the past, this wouldn't be happening. If Maleficent, Corella, Ursula, every villain, they just hold on to these grudges. That's what separates the villains from the heroes. I agree. And I wanted to dive into that a little bit later when we talk about Regina and Maleficent and the backstory with Rumpel involved mm -hmm. as well. Because there's a question I kind of want to pose, but okay. we'll get to that later. So with that said, you're saying, no, Rumpel won't let go. He's just that kind of villain. So now my question becomes, mm -hmm. do you think he will tarnish Will's reputation in Belle's eyes so that that can be done and over with? Yeah, I think so. That's kind of my guess. And I think theory. that's where Anastasia comes back in the picture or his past comes back. Because ah. that's the number one question. It's like, wait, what about Anastasia? That's where Rumpel says, yo, get off my lady. Here's your lady. Right. So, yeah, by finding Anastasia and bringing her back, yeah, that'll open up the doors for Belle. Yeah. Isn't that funny Good. how villains go so far to get their ways to do the hard work for other well, people? That's, that's, that's what a villain is. They're patient and cunning. I mean, you got to give it to Rumble. He is one smart little sneaky bastard. Yeah. Because I didn't, I kind of didn't see this coming. I think uh, some Chris was saying that, you know, Belle maybe should have seen that Hook wasn't acting right. And she had a gut yeah. feeling too. She had yeah. a gut feeling and right in front of her, there he is disguised as Hook. Uh, one, one quick thing before, I want to comment on that about Hook, but I want to say one of the main lessons of today's episode regarding the villains and getting their way, Rumpel said it twice, it's patience. It's patience. Yes. 
Regina learned it firsthand, like, hey, you know what? You're right. All I needed was patience. And then with patience and having the experience and putting your energy behind it, we will get our way. Yeah, I want. So, yeah, I definitely wanted to dig into that too later on. So that that ties in perfectly with what what's going on with Rumble right now, and the whole thing with getting his way. He's patient. So being patient and having these grudges and having these agendas, mix all those recipes together. It's a recipe for disaster, and and that's what you had him doing. He's getting closer and closer to what he wants. But he really needed the dagger. He wasn't going to have anybody else get the dagger for him. So he had to disguise himself as Hook, which Hook, I noticed off the bat, as a viewer, we didn't know until he actually changed. But Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? He's talking in a lower voice, lower than he normally does, and just more calmly. And just the way he acted with Will, I was like, hey, they haven't acted like that lately. Right. That's what I was going to bring up, too. Hook and Will, from what I know... And correct me if I'm wrong, they don't have a past together. Their only altercation was when Hook got his hand back from Rumple and he punched Will in the face. But I don't think there was any kind of history between them two. So it's it, kind of weird that he just came up there and bumped yeah. them and was like, hey. Yeah, that was kind of funny. And I think um, the one who does have history with Will is Robin, which Robin's not even around. So right. that's that's one thing that got my attention was, wait, you know, what's up with this tension there between them? And then him talking in a very lower, low mm-hmm. register until it finally revealed. I was like, oh, yes, of course, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so what about what do you think about your theory from last week then? that? Yeah, it. I was wrong. I was totally wrong. And this is a very interesting twist. And, you know, it's totally rumple fashion, I, I believe. Yeah, like I said, he. As much as we hate him, he is one smart little guy, and he's always one step ahead. Yeah, well, he's the teacher. That's <laughs> right. He is. All right, let's go on to what Chris's number four was, was Regina undercover. So a couple of things here. Obviously, she has to gain their trust. What I didn't get, what Chris didn't get, is why the game of chicken to regain their trust? So if she didn't save them, they would all die? That was their proof of, um, hey, let's get wasted, let's get drunk, let's uh, let's do all these nonsense things just to see how reckless are you, which I don't understand either. And then, you know, she has a hangover the next day, she needs aspirin. Uh, well, not only that, remember they were on the train tracks and they're playing chicken with the yeah, train. Yeah, that's and they're what like, I'm saying. All these, don't be a hero. All these goofy uh, tricks and, and playing games on each other. It's just to really test the first layer of how serious is she to start giving back into this evilness? Because remember, Ursula and Corella, that's how they got their way into town was to say, hey, you know, we saw Regina. She's in on the good path now. So it was a shock to them, like, wait a minute. Now you all of you, a sudden want to switch. Right. So they wanted to test the first layer, which is that's why she said, you know, no more fun. Now it's, I need you I need you to be sharp because what we're going to do next is important. And this is where the past of Regina and Maleficent are very key moving on forward through this story. Mm -hmm. But I I agree. That was kind of childish, I think. Well, Eliana even says that, you know, Cruella and and Ursula are ready to say, hey, she's not any kind of villain or wants to help Mm -hmm. us at all. And Maleficent's just saying, hey, she's just rusty. Yeah. 
And that goes on with, you know, and that kind of plays into the history that they have with one another. One thing, too, I want to mention that with Regina undercover was Emma. She's the only one that is worrying about her, which is I kind of caught it caught my attention for a couple of reasons. One, it kind of and Eliana mentions it, too. It kind of shows their bond. Their their friendship is is growing stronger. Emma is the only one out of everybody worried about Regina, including Regina. Everybody's saying, oh, she can handle herself. And she's like, yeah, but against three people. Okay, there's a key thing that you guys are forgetting, though. It's in it's in the Charming's benefits that she goes and do what she needs to do so that their secret doesn't come out. So that's why they're not so concerned with what's going on with Regina because they know she's on the mission, their secret mission. And and that's why there's not that much of an, an... there's not that much of an urgency and alertness of what happened to Regina. The Charmings are hiding a huge secret. The last That's thing they right. want to do is have Regina be resting or seeing right. her in the office and just chilling out, taking care of things in town. They want her to be in action on the mission to get this thing done and over with because whatever their secret is, it's going to be revealed if Regina is not on their side. And this is where this is where we do see Emma confiding in Regina saying, you know, everybody's keeping a secret from me. And Regina kind of like felt bad for a second, but then knew not to, not to show her expression and just said, the only people keeping a secret from us is those witches or those, the evil villains. So stay focused with me. I got your back. And I like how she left her phone as a way of saying, and she even typed it out. She said, I got this. And put, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. She left her phone so that she can't be tracked anymore by Emma. She needs to do her thing for the sake of her, her parents, and for the sake of her own happy ending. Wow. So that that's what happened. And that's what we have to remember. Yes, it kind of comes off like, oh, poor Emma. She's the only one who really cares for her. But everybody else has a secret agenda going on. It wasn't more poor Emma. It was... Kind of along the lines of, well, Emma really cares for Regina as if they were best friends. Which they, they are. I with, think. Yeah. And their bond is growing stronger and stronger. So I think that at that moment, it's touching. Oh, look at Emma yeah. caring for Regina when they were sworn enemies from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. And, and something you you just mentioned, too, was how that her super, superpowers are going haywire. Regina not saying anything to me is was an example, a little mark of her being a hero. So hero, quote unquote. Yeah. That was her opportunity. She could have said, and I almost, for a split second, I thought she was going to tell her, oh, you know, your parents are keeping a secret from you. Get off my back. No, <laughs> I think this is where you see Regina. It's kind of tough because um, the writers are trying to put in our minds like, oh no, Regina's probably going to go back to the evil queen. But I think that moment, that scene right there, was kind of the storyline of of a hero. Let me do what I got to do. I'm on my mission. I'm sorry. Going forward, I just need to do this myself because I can't get you involved. So I think that was like the heroism they kicked in in yeah. Regina in that very same scene. One thing I want to mention too, and Chris says, and I don't think they, I don't think Queens of Darkness and Rumple really truly trust Regina quite yet, uh, especially Rumple. I mean, he knew Regina had changed. And why would he reveal himself so soon? Is That's what Chris is, Chris is saying. So he's not sure why Rumpel would reveal himself so soon, knowing that Regina had changed. 
So there might be some plan later on, but I think it kind of sets up the next episode as to them trying to torture. Yeah, something happens, which Rumpel kind of says something in the preview, but we don't want to go too far in that. No. But I think sticking with this episode, this is why they had her kidnap Pinocchio. Yeah, to that, was her, that was her proof. Yeah, because they, knowing those two villains or uh, three of them, Regina, uh, actually, yeah, all four of them, four, including yeah. Rumpel, they could have easily kidnapped that boy without Regina's help, but right. they needed to see that Regina had it in her. Again, actions speak louder than words. So this is the actions behind all of that. Now, that's the perfect segue to the next topic we're going to talk about, which is Pinocchio slash August. Yeah. August is back. How do you feel about that? Do you like that he's back? Or do you think that he is going to have answers? Well, you know what? I don't know. Because, I mean, not to go too forward into the next episode. I know they're trying to get it out of him. I mean, as a little boy, he didn't know. I'm sure he has to remember something as an adult. He's the one who put the pages in the actual book. And he's the one dropping clues. He, Henry has that page of where the author could maybe be. Yeah, we won't really know because, again, kind of going from adult to kid, you would think that your memory would be wiped so that you can create the life you were supposed to have. Right? Isn't that, yeah. that was the whole thing behind Pinocchio. So now why why would he have that memory back? We don't know. So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, but I'm surprised that they were able to bring him back. It was totally something unseen or even predicted or any hints dropped by other than, oh my gosh, August would know the answers. And we saw last episode, Regina being mean. And I love how they play the clip again when in the beginning of this episode. <laughs> like a preview. Yeah, you didn't shave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You rode a motorcycle, wore leather, and you didn't shave. How's the little boy going to know that? And so, okay, speaking, since you flash back to the little boy, so how fitting is it that Regina has to be the one to take the little boy after Marco had yelled at her saying, maybe you don't deserve to have a happy ending with all the evil you've done. Yeah. And here she is, she's going to go after apologizing to him as well. And now she's going to go kidnap this little kid. That was a true test. That was the true test with yeah. Regina. You kind of feel bad for her, though, because yeah. as a mother, you know she wouldn't want that to happen to, say, Henry. No. And I think something happens in the next episode where she saves him. Something kicks in. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't know. I think so. I think something happened. But again, let's not get too far ahead. No. Let's stay within this episode. I think, yeah, this episode was a lot of Regina proving herself, making yeah. sure she's not Tested. soft. They would always say, are you going soft or are you going soft? Yeah. Always nagging at her. Are you, is that really Regina? <laughs> Something funny Eliana sent was, you know, everybody wants Pinocchio. Do they have an Amber, Alert, Amber Alerts in Storybrooke? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so something that caught my attention as well is when Emma, you know, goes into Marco's home and says, hey, what are you doing? I need to let me help you. And we could take we could take him out the back door. You can forget about this plan. It's the constant struggle, and Eliana mentioned, mentions this, the constant struggle of trying to achieve happiness. Regina kind of goes, tells Emma, hey, the, the villains are taking a, a play out of the hero's playbook by working together. So we heroes need to take a page out of the villain's playbook and, mm, I didn't catch that. and break the rules. Mm. So that that little that little scene kind of caught me as well, you know. At what lengths will each side go, and which 
which is right. Yeah. Do the ends justify the means? Mm. And I think that goes with the struggle. And again, it's with Regina, the struggle. She's playing two sides and at the same time trying to have redemption and claim, reclaim her happiness. And here she is helping the Charmings. And I think this is where it gets really real for Regina because if she's on the side with the villains, she is getting closer to her core mission is to be happy and in love with Robin. So it's kind of in her benefit to be on their side right now to see what are they up to? Is what they're doing really going to help? And then she's seeing it right before her eyes like, wow, they got August back. This is going to get me closer to Robin. So she's starting to get her hopes up. But at the same time, she's kind of forgetting why she's there. She's undercover. So she has to keep that balance while she's there with them. I think Regina is such a strong character that she's going to keep that core. I don't know. Maybe it's too early to say, but I can probably bet that Regina will stay true to her heart being, you know, I'm not a villain anymore, but I'm going to do what I need to do for not just me being the hero. I need to be a hero for my true happy ending for the charming's happy ending and everybody else's. And I think they say that this in the library Regina's all for getting her happy ending, but not at the expense of ruining anybody else's happy ending. Yeah. Because she says, yeah, they want their happy ending too, but they also want to destroy your happy ending, the hero's happy endings. Yeah. And that's where the line kind of gets drawn. It's tough. Yeah, I can't wait to see what plays out with Regina, especially in the coming episode, because they keep testing her and testing her. And for the most part, both Chris and Eliana like that August is back. They don't want him to go back to the little boy. <laughs> I know. I, I, I kind of agree because now with August back, there's a little bit more meat to the story. Yeah, it gets them back on track with what's going on. Uh, who is the author? Who has the true answers to their whole life? Because their life has been messed with pretty bad. And if they can find the author to this, I don't know. I think I don't want to get too far ahead because I think then, yeah. then that's the end of Beyond That's the end of Once Upon a Time. Right, right. And so real quick to uh, what what Chris mentions, and this is his number two, is that Rumpel's Rumpel's War. And he's wondering, is this the final battle Rumpel told Snowing about in the pilot? He says, I sure hope so. I still don't totally get his plan at this point. I suppose it's really just after the author. So this war that he's talking about, I kind of, I mean, the way they're setting it up is this heroes versus villains thing. And this is where Regina comes into play, too. And, and Rumpel even says it. Eventually, she has to choose a side. Yeah. They and all have to choose a side. They all have to choose a side. Because Rumpel's kind of in the same situation as Regina. Uh, I don't little, think so. Well, he's trying to have his happy ending. And his happy ending, from what we know so far, is to be in love with Belle, to have Belle back in his life. But then that's where his problem is. It's, he's addicted to the magic. He's addicted to revenge. He's addicted to getting his way. So that's the struggle with him. And that's why I think Regina and Rumpel have a lot in common. It's just one's further than the other. Okay. I I could see. (laughs) You put it that way, I could see your point. But I was like, no, 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 no. They're not the same. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite parts of this episode, this is Chris's number one, and Eliana mentions it too. We all love the backstory between Regina and Maleficent. We see some of Maleficent's history 
kind of seeing how she is. And then we also see Rumple as teacher and Regina as student type of thing. And we get a glimpse of the hate that uh, Regina has towards Snow White and the horse. That's right. Oh, poor horse. I know. <laughs> but this is, again, this is the message that if you have patience, because revenge is timeless. Yeah. And I like the analogy that Rumple uses. So I think, he got, and maybe I got this wrong, but uh, I like how he uses the burning tree. Mm. So he explains to Regina that the wasteland where Maleficent is was once a lush forest, but the dragon, which is her, she burned everything down. But one tree stands burning half a lifetime later. And, you know, Regina asks, well, how how can that be? Basically, it burns so hot. What basically is powerful magic cultivated with time. And he explains to Regina Ignore the gift of time and rush. You'll never be ready. So after Regina goes to Maleficent's castle and brings Maleficent back, she goes back to this, I think the stable where Mm -hmm. Rumpel's there and understands, okay, patience, you're my teacher. Let's do this. Yeah. That was the turning point for Regina to make her into the evil queen that she became in the enchanted forest. I think that was a turning point. Let's give it up to Regina. She brought back Maleficent. And I think I was, I I don't know. I really love this story because this created a deep connection between as a viewer and the Maleficent in Once Upon a Time. Because to me, I I wasn't a huge fan of Maleficent to begin with. I know you are, Trina. Mm -hmm. But there was something that always didn't resonate with me until we see her in a very vulnerable spot doesn't give a care in the world what's going on, really washed up. She's having, she's kind of dosing herself up with her own remedy of, what is it, what did she say? Sleeping, um, sleeping potion with a little bit of sea salt, something really. And toads, something with toads. Yeah, something ridiculous. It was funny. That's her way of getting high. I, I thought yeah. that was hilarious when she walked in the cat. She's, Regina's expecting some powerful, magical person, and she's just some drunk slob that doesn't give a, doesn't give a care in the world, given up, and just does not yeah. have it. So then you have Regina, who you pointed this out, so I'm not going to take the credit for this, but you pointed it out that it was interesting that as she's talking to Rumple, because Rumple sees her getting really upset, um, talking about Regina, Rumple sees Regina getting very upset that she's throwing a fit because Snow White has all these awards, and it's her horse, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then Rumpel says, you know, you're kind of wasting your time hating on Snow White and her horse. But by the way, what do you have there? And pulls the, the, the book and she kind of says, that's Maleficent's spell book. I found it in my mom's stuff. And I was like, why does her mom have Maleficent's book? Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. And I thought there was a connection between Maleficent and Cora. My history might be blur- blurred. I can't remember. And I think you, we were discussing it the other day. I thought, you thought that Cora was Maleficent. Yeah. I had but a little mix yeah. up there. Yeah. Again, th- I've never really resonated or understood Maleficent's story, character until this scene, because it took Regina to say, you are, the- I was reading about you. You're my role model. Right. What happened to you? You're going to let this one event take over everything? 
you can't let this happen. And she kind of reawakened the dragon within Maleficent and brought back who she is. I like how she came storming back in and say, can you believe this? Aurora's getting married. Another generation of heroes is getting their happy ending and mm-hmm. we're not. And there's that moment of sympathy because Maleficent's like, why do you care so much? Why? I like how she says, do you want my advice? Yeah. <laughs> she pretty much says, why, why do you care? And she tells her, well, you know, something was taken from me. She's like, oh, you lost something too? Get over thinking, it. Thinking like, oh, okay, here they go. And she's like, get over it. One piece of advice, get over it. Give yeah. up. It's not going to happen. And that's where she learns that Maleficent has no power right there. And it took Regina to take her to the actual burning tree, telling her this is what is going to ignite you. One thing too, though, that I notice is what has Maleficent so miserable? We, we know a little bit of the backstory. Yeah, it's Briar Rose which is King Stefan's wife. So she, from what I gathered, she put Briar Rose, which is Aurora's mom, in the sleeping curse. And King Stefan gave her true love's kiss and awakened her. So why did she put Briar Rose in a sleeping curse to begin with? And I kind of want to mention something that Chris sent after we had recorded last week, that he had a theory that King Stefan would be Maleficent's Maleficent's child's father. In his feedback this week, he doesn't think that his theory is correct, but I kind of still think that that could be a possibility. Did I did I miss something? I don't know. I, the whole story behind Maleficent really throws me off. I know nothing about it, and I'm hoping that we get more answers of what's the history of Maleficent when it comes to Once Upon a Time. Because if you see Maleficent movies, you see... Uh, Sleeping Beauty, that's a whole different Maleficent. So I'd like to have more of a clarification of what happened to Maleficent. What's her story? What's her mission going forward? I know there's a baby some sort that uh, they've alluded to in the last episode, but what is her story? I don't know this whole thing about Stefan. What's her name? Rose? Briar Rose. Briar Rose, Aurora. She puts Aurora to sleep. It's like, why would you put her to sleep when the previous uh, person that you put to sleep was awakened? Well, I think so that one, and she kind of explains it when she goes to her because that's the day of her wedding and puts her to sleep. She thought about killing her parents, King Stefan and and Briar Rose. But she said, well, what would be more worse than death? And that would be watching them suffer. And if I put you, and pretty much that's why she put her in a sleeping curse was so that she could see her parents suffer. But she was in love already, wasn't she? So a true love kiss can come very easy. Right, but I, but I think she mentioned too, or alluded to something with Prince Philip. Did she put Prince Philip in a sleeping curse too? And I think, mm. remember when they first came on the scene way back when, if, if my memory serves me correct, Prince Philip was the one in a sleeping curse and Aurora was awake. Huh, that's interesting. So I don't, I don't, maybe that'll all connect later on, but I'm pretty sure that maybe she put both of them to sleep. So, you know, we're talking about this and I'm wondering when she put her to sleep and I'm, and she said the stuff about her parents saying death is too easy. I kind of thought, well, would she do the same to Emma? What could be far worse for the Charmings? It has to have something to do with Emma. Would it be to turn her to the dark side? I think, you know, the sleeping curse might be too overdone at this point Mm -hmm. 
I really don't know. I'm just, I'm looking forward to what the story has to reveal about Maleficent because she's just a very mysterious character to me, her past, her present, and what her plans are. Um, Maleficent, again, I just want to know what's going to go. Yeah, I think they give you bits and pieces, always dropping breadcrumbs. So that leads me to the question and kind of, we brought, you brought it up a little bit before, but I wanted to touch it here as we were talking about villains. Do we sympathize with these three villains? Rumple, Regina, Maleficent. They all lost something. Is it that that pain that makes them evil? You know, they both, I think it was Rumple who said it, the larger the pain, the stronger the magic. I think the part that doesn't let me feel for them is they hold too tightly grudges against these events that happen to their life, but they create it for themselves. And then... We have here the second lesson that Rumpel was trying to teach Regina, and it's kind of resonates throughout the whole episode. Number one, as I mentioned, it was patience. Number two, your revenge should never just be death. Your revenge should be a slow, painful, drawn-out event through somebody's life. So try to find that key, make them suffer longer than how they've made you suffer, (laughs) So that, that's the twist or that doesn't make me feel bad for them. It's kind of like what Maleficent told Regina in the past. Get over it. Move on. But they don't. And that's actually what brought Maleficent back was this reignite. I think the flame represented her hate, her anger, her desire for revenge. And it was brought back into the body of Maleficent when Maleficent didn't have it in her anymore. But Regina was full of this desire for revenge this desire for i want my happy ending and so should you so let's do this together so she kind of implanted that seed in her again this is the part that kind of doesn't make me on the villain side it's mm-hmm. like no you you don't get it i will always side with the dark side no, i'm just joking <laughs> well i i brought that up because when you do look at their backstory you do feel a little bit bad for them even rumple as much as i i hate rumple Right. He, but kind of like Ileana mentioned, and uh, I think all of us agree, he kind of created this mess for him. And I think all of them create their own mess too, for the most part. Right. Well, maybe the, the only difference between Regina and maybe Rumpel and Maleficent, and Maleficent might be too, too soon to say, is that Regina's willing to change. Yeah. She's willing to change. And she was on the right path to, to trying to figure things out and get her happy ending by not, you know, going to the dark side or doing not through evil means, but she was forced into that position by the charming. So when you look at their backstory, yeah, bad things happen to them. This is just me speaking because I know you don't agree. You do feel a little bit of sympathy for each one of them. You're like, oh man, that's what happened. You kind of sympathize with them. Like yeah, why human. why does why does the good good things always fall onto the charming's lap? Why do good things always happen to Snow White? Karma. Why don't, you know, why don't Anything good happened to them. Karma. <laughs> yeah. It's the little things that mount up to the big events. And that's something that I think that they don't understand. But eh, I digress. All right, Trina, what is the game changer of this episode? I think the game changer is Pinocchio becoming August. Now they have an actual person who could properly remember how to find the author. And he was on a long mission for a good while. I think he was... He was actually out for a season, but came back with more information. So he can, if he does remember, 
he's going to have a lot of information that Emma wasn't ready to listen to until now. So maybe, ooh, I just had this thought. Maybe he doesn't want to tell the villains because he knows who they are. But the second he sees Emma, he's going to want to see, he's going to want to tell her what's going on. But do you think he'll even get to see Emma? Yeah, we don't know that. They're in the cabin locked away. Yeah, we don't know that. I think the game changer for me was the dagger back in the hands of Rumpel. Yeah, that was a good that's a good game changer too because without that, they they wouldn't have been able to turn Pinocchio into August to begin with. And now Rumpel's going to be able to do a lot more to have his way. Yeah, no one has control over him because he has he has it. The dagger. Uh, one thing I want to mention too before we go because Aliana put a theory out there. Mm-hmm. So let me read it real quick. So Aliana's theory. Hey, I have a theory. What if the villains did succeed and tipped the balance and the villains won and the heroes didn't in the season finale? We think Emma would be the one who might become a villain, but since the charming went, Charmings went to great length for that not to happen... The villains kidnap baby Neil and magically age him to 21 years old. And instead of Emma being the greatest villain, baby Neil is. And next season is them trying to save baby Neil and tipping the balance back. Dun, dun, dun. That is an interesting theory. And, you know, baby Neil hasn't really come to play into any of this. But we do know, I think, from past episodes that he might have some kind of power we don't know about yet. So that is a very interesting theory. Thank you for that, Ileana. Thank you again to those who submitted your feedback on the Facebook group. Please keep the feedback coming, the articles coming, spoilers coming. Everybody loves to see that, and I love to see all that action on there as well. Yes, you've made today's episode possible, as well as goldenspiralmedia.com. We hope that you stick with us for the next episode. It seems like it's going to be a very juicy episode. Can't wait. With that said, thanks for listening.